Good morning, church. Sure is a privilege for me to have this opportunity to speak to you again. I assure you that I will only be speaking for about 20 minutes. I always prepare my lesson for 20 minutes. I will not be like the Apostle Paul and preach till midnight till you go to sleep. We'll try to get through this in 20 minutes. Uh, from the scripture reading, you probably assume that I'm going to be speaking on marriage and divorce. I'm not. We're going to be talking about keeping our marriage. And I'd like for you to keep in mind as we talk about this particular subject, uh, we want to keep in mind that it takes two people to be of this mind in order to continue having a good marriage. I will be speaking on three different phases. I like to break my lessons down in three points. Point number one is marriage a full-time relationship. Think about that. Is marriage a full-time relationship or is it just a part-time thing? Point two will be we may try, we must try to understand our mate. Do we truly understand our mate as we should? Point number three, are we big enough to say, I am sorry? You know, those three little words has caused a lot of people to get divorces. And another one is, that me, me, me situation as the new owner of the old Baltimore Colts, they brought in a college coach and his theory was my way or the highway. We can't be that way in our married life. It takes two of us working together in order to keep that marriage alive. First of all, we have to be uh, filled with love, respect, and also being a peacemaker. You know, as we read from Matthew 5, 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, they shall be called the sons of God. If both of us are not peacemakers, we're going to have problems. And the point is we want to try to make sure that our marriage works properly so that we can continue having a long and happy marriage. And as I said before, I want everyone to make sure that we remember that it takes both parties with this same attitude. If one party has the attitude of trying to do what's correct, and the other one doesn't, that marriage is not going to work. I recall when my wife was in the nursing home, they gave us another, a second marriage. And they had uh, my youngest daughter to push her down the aisle in the wheelchair. And they had a big cake, just everything. Uh, a musician there. and. Our minister from the, where we go to church, Susan and I, and her family, uh, to perform the ceremony. 
And someone asked, how long have you been married? Well, at that particular point, it was a little over 60 years. That was in July the 10th. And they tried to coordinate it as close to July the 10th as they possibly could. Some of the workers there, the RNs, said, wow, if you're married six years today, that's a long time. And that's the way it is today. As you look up uh, the stats, fewer people are getting married today than ever before. Why is that? Because more people are living together without getting married. Both parties must strive to the best of their ability to make sure that we have a happy marriage from a physical standpoint, emotional, and especially a spiritual standpoint. Marriage should be pure and it should be something that is genuine love to both parties, the husband and the wife. Point number one is marriage a full-time relationship. Consider that. Do I put marriage part-time or full-time in my life? It means a lot to make sure that we do have a good, close relationship. I can look back in my mother and dad and wherever you saw one, you saw the other. They were always together. And that's the way I think a married life should be. We should strive to do the things that pleases each other and try to make sure that we have a lasting marriage. The husband is to love his wife as he loves his own body. How much love is that? Is it 50%, 60%, 80%, or 100%? I think in order to have a good married life, it has to be 100% from the wife, 100% from the husband. Those are the types of marriages that continue until that word, life, until death. And that's what we should strive for. Paul told this young gospel preacher, Titus, in Titus 2, verse 4 and 5, he says that they admonish the younger women, that's the older women, admonish the younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, uh, homemakers, good and obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Now that, if you turn it around, it applies to the husbands just the same way. How that we are to be to our wives. So Paul's saying that women should be taught how to love their husband, love their children, and men should be taught how to love their wives. You know, we would not take our finger and put it on a rock, take a hammer and hit it, because it hurts. We have that same command to treat our wives that way. Love her as you love your own body. This morning we talked about in the adult class how that our bodies are a temple of Christ. That's the way a marriage should be. It should be a holy temple. That's what the Bible tells us. 
It is a holy temple. It is the 100 100% devotion to each other that continues for a lifetime. The part-time marriage does not continue. In most cases, they fall by the wayside. But, as I said in the beginning, it takes both parties in order to do that. One can try to the greatest extent of their life, and they cannot sometimes convince their mate to do likewise. That selfishness. Did you know that the stats teach us that that little me, me, me situation causes more divorces than any other thing in the world? It's my way or you can leave. Well, we can't be like that and have a marriage that works properly. It has to be one that is devoted 100% to each other. For where envy and selfishness exist, confusion and every evil thing exists. James 3 and verse 16. We won't read all of it today, but when you have time, turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. That is known to us as the chapter of love. And there's quite a few verses in there that talks about the great love that is for a husband and a wife. It says, love is long-suffering. Love is kind. Are we kind to our mates? Do we snap at our mates, treat them rudely? Love envies not. Love is not puffed up. Love is not provoked. Do we get provoked very easily when our wife asks us to clean the garage or to mow the yard or whatever she asks us to do? Or do we realize, hey, this is something I need to do. I needed a little gouging on that. And the same thing for the wives. Love is rejoicing with truth. Love believes all things. Do we believe our mates? Do we accept them as one that always is truthful with us? We have to love and respect our mates. Love never ends. That is true love. True love never ends. And if we continue that in life, 100% love and devotion towards each other, we will always remain faithful in our marriage. Point number two, we must try to understand our mate. How many times do we get upset with our mate because maybe they're sick? Uh, do we try to get to the bottom of it, see what is wrong? Or do we just continue to get upset at it because they're ill? In 
Proverbs 28, verse 5, it says, Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand completely. Do we as husband and wives understand completely? And we try to overcome things that cause problems in our marriage. What if one mate is ill? Do we become angry with them? Or do we try to find out the cause? What is causing this conflict? You know, we have to make sure that we treat our mate with love and respect. Try to find out what the problem is and uh, what is causing the conflict and work on what is causing the conflict and not blame our mate for that. Communication, communication is so important in the whole world today and especially in a marriage relationship. Ephesians 4, verse 4 and 5 said, There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in, in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Let's keep that in mind as we deal with our mates. Let us be able to uh, resolve the problem that is causing conflict. Try to solve and the conflict and not take it out on the mate. Genesis 2 and verse 24, along with Ephesians 5, 31, it says, Therefore... A man shall leave his father and his mother and join to his wife as they shall become, what? One flesh. We become one when we are married. And we have an obligation to devote 100% to each other, trying to make sure that we have a happy married life. And keep in mind, that requires the husband and the wife to truly be devoted to that. In point number three, the last point, we should be big enough to say, I am sorry when we have said something or done something that has caused our mate to be upset. Do we do that? We should strive to do that. Listen to Ephesians 4, verse 31, 32. It says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and every evil speaking be put away, for with all malice and all kinds of things, forgive one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. Do we forgive our mate? Or do we continually hound them about something that is really not important? You know, we've often said this before, many of us, children can fight and really dislike each other one minute, the next minute, they're great friends. But somewhere in our adult lives, we lost that trait. 
Is it because that we realize that we have many faults? Is that why we lost that? The scriptures tell us not to go to bed at night if we have a dispute in our married life. Work it out before you go to sleep. Tell your mate if it's your fault, I am sorry. Will you please forgive me? I am sorry is three of the greatest words that can ever be spoken to your mate. Keep that in mind always. Remember in the Old Testament, Isaiah 59, it says your sins and your iniquities have separated you from God. We don't want our mates to separate us from God. We want to remain faithful to our mate and faithful to God. You know, in order to have a good marriage relationship, we need the Lord's church. And we need to be able to say to each other, I love you. And if we have a conflict, I am sorry. Are we big enough to say that to our mate? This is the way that we as two individuals, husband and wife, can remain faithful for many years together. Marriage is considered as the number two thing that will ever happen in your life. The number one thing is obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we should make sure that as a husband and wife that we make the Lord's church a part of our life because that can certainly help us to live a faithful Christian life. Young people, if you are thinking about in the future, and I know you are, choosing a mate, make sure that you do this so that you will have a hundred and hundred percent love and respect for each other. Because who you marry may very well be what leads you to eternal damnation. Or it could be what leads you to that final day of judgment when the Lord will say, enter in, faithful servant of mine. And that's what we want to do, both husband and wives. Sometimes we hear young people say, well, I really love my husband or my wife, but I can't stand their parents. Well, listen to me. When you marry the husband or the wife, you're marrying the parents. You better work it out. You better pray about it. Because that could be what breaks up your marriage. It's very, very important. Make sure that you have love and respect for each other's parents. Matthew 19 and verse 6 says, What God joins together, let no man separate. How true that is in life. Make sure that we live a Christian life with our mates so that on that final day of judgment, he'll say, enter in, faithful servants of mine. 
we don't want to be in that group that says, depart, I never knew you. Are you a Christian today? Would you like to be? You can, you know. When the apostle Peter stood up with the other 11 apostles on the day of Pentecost, it was around the 14th verse in uh, Acts, the second chapter, he started preaching to the people. And as he continued on through Acts, in verse 36, keep in mind, he said, this is the Christ, the one that you crucified. Well, not all the 12 were cut to the heart, but a few were. And they said, what shall we do? And Peter answered them in verse 38, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what they did on the day of Pentecost, and you can do the same thing today and become a member of the Lord's church. If you've been a member of the church and feel that you need the prayers of the church, we invite you to come also. Whatever your decisions might be today, we invite you to come as we stand and sing the invitation hymn.